Today on Broadway for Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, Ashley, as we said on yesterday's show, wasn't going to be here, but I had to bring you in because I'm going to start the show here kind of pre-news segment because this isn't really news. Mm -hmm. It's something we've talked about before, um, but Broadway News is reporting that the Broadway League is expected to announce a new shutdown date that will actually go into 2021 sometime this week. Um, I've been hearing these rumors for a while that this was coming, uh, but Broadway News actually has a story about it that they posted on Monday evening. They have uh, a comment from Broadway League President Charlotte St. Martin, who said there is still, quote, no official return date, but that they are working with producers to figure out what their next step is. And what I think that people don't understand with these things, James, is that the producers and the theater owners really have very little say in this. This is really going to come down to the governor and when he says stage or phase four can begin and when theaters can reopen. So um, this is expected to go. This next announcement is expected to go through um, the end of the year, sometime into January. I still think that we are looking more towards March. Um, but just be forewarned that that announcement is probably coming sometime in, uh, in in the next few days. Well, aren't you a ray of sunshine? I had to bring your sunshiny, uh, glowing, effervescent personality into the episode today to kind of stagger that. <sighs> day by day. <laughs> day by day. Well, Stephen so, Schwartz always makes everybody happy. Oh, you know, he's wicked funny. Uh, All righty. So uh, we are going to go directly into our news section here. Is that correct? Yes, let's do it. It's a, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. Well, yeah, and uh, is this the moment when I get to say fuck three times? <laughs> no, you only say it once. The other two have to be bleeped. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Uh, different thing, yes. Okay, so uh, tell us what is happening in the return of the Hamill section. Dun da 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 One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. Yeah, Gene. <laughs> a few years after the initial Hamill section uh, kind of ebbed and flowed off, we are back with the Hamill section because with less than two weeks before the live capture of the original principal cast of Hamilton uh, premieres streaming on Disney Plus, a trailer was released late Sunday night. It was only about a minute long, but it was incredibly well done, even though calling it a trailer at just a minute is a little suspect that had gone with teaser, but whatever. Um, but it did give us a little bit of insight into the film itself. First off, it is beautifully shot. Um, and, it, and at least from the snippets that we saw, it gives us a good mix of wide and close up shots. Um, we also learned that it will carry a PG 13 rating. Hmm, unlike us. You, uh, yeah, well, you, uh, I guess I'll say it now. You said it. I was going <laughs> to walk around it, but that's fine. Uh, because on Monday, Lin-Manuel Miranda tweeted out, that um, there would be some things that will be bleeped because uh, Disney Plus does not permit things with an R rating on its streaming service, and they had to make sure that they keep it to PG-13. In his tweet, Lynn said, quote, MPAA, which is the motion picture or something other that does the ratings, uh, has a hard rule about language. More than one utterance of fuck is an automatic R rating. We have three fucks in our show. So I literally gave two fucks so the kids could see it. <laughs> One, in Yorktown, there's a mute over, I get the f 
back up again to Southern record scratching Democratic Republicans. Uh, James, I think there are some people that are a little upset about this, but I mean, this is perfectly acceptable uh, as a concession for this to be available to the masses, even though there are a number of people that don't appreciate that Disney Plus is eliminating its free one week trial in anticipation of the release. Well, I think that many people, this is like the Rocky Horror of 2020. You know, I think that people at home will insert their own lyrics at the right moment. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that's actually what he said. You could just kind of sync it up, even though the film, I'm assuming, will not sync up exactly with the cast album. You could just sing along. I mean, everyone knows what the words are. Lynn actually said that in one of his tweets. He's like, your kids have all heard the album before. They're going to say it anyway. So did I tell you that? Did I tell you I I bought the uh, uh, I went to the Hamill store? Across from Hamilton, mm-hmm. right yeah, by yeah. Bond Forty Five, which yep. is on Forty Six, <laughs> and uh, and I, I bought Seventh, isn't it? No, oh, I'm very confused now. I don't. Either no, way. Go it's, ahead. it's across from the Rogers, isn't it? Okay, yeah, I don't. So uh, <clears throat> I bought the um, uh, the the song selections, the book. Oh uh, yeah, the sheet music. Yeah, well, it, it's a book, and it's got it's got lots of stuff in it. And in fact, lots and lots of stuff. And I gave it to Charlotte, who, um, for Christmas, and she um, took it to school because she's got some Hamill friends, and they they re-edited all the words out of it so that they could sing it in chorus class together. Nice. Very uh, enterprising. Yeah, it was so. If Lynn needs a a, a Disney Junior cut version, I think uh, Charlotte Marino might have some. She's got it. Okay, good. Um, Some other things that Lynn did mention on Twitter is that the King George III um, opening that he does pre show, that'll be in there. The Bows will also be in there. And then also, apparently, Thane Jasperson, who is an original cast member that I actually saw as uh, uh, Philip. Uh, uh, Hamilton, when I saw it, um, he does something in the bowels. I don't know what that is, so we'll have to wait and see that. But in promoting the trailer and the upcoming release on Good Morning America on Monday, Lynn discussed Hamilton and the In the Heights movie. But the biggest news that was broken in the interview was in him talking about the new Disney animated musical that he is currently working on. He said, quote, I'm collaborating with the Zootopia guys and Jared Bush, who wrote Moana with me. It's set in Colombia in Latin America, and that's all I can say before Bob Iger just shows up at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Lynn has been talking recently about being up against some songwriting deadlines. So now we at least know a little bit about what he is currently working on. I also think that as the growing bond between Disney and Lynn, um, you know, continues to strengthen, it, it will only serve to help each other as this relationship grows. I mean, look at Alan Menken's status in popular culture because of his work with um, with Disney. I, I think that this is something that can only benefit both of them and all of us together. Um, you know, so I think this is great. And just as a reminder, if you don't know all of the details of when uh, Hamilton is coming out on Disney Plus, we will have a link in the show notes, date, times, how you can stream it, all of that stuff. But a uh, very, very exciting thing to have uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, James. So when Lynn's association with uh, Disney tightens up and uh, he's going to be taking these trips down to Orlando, will he have a Hamill crash pad with you? Can you get Jillian with a G to hook you guys up together so he'll have a place to stay? 
I, I'm imagining that Lynn can stay whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> you see, I don't think he needs to uh, crash in my uh, <laughs> office chair. I think he's fine. So what do we have in other news? All right. First up, over the weekend, rumors started circulating that producer Cameron McIntosh was planning on effectively closing the original London production of Phantom of the Opera and replacing it with the reconceived touring production that does away with Hal Prince's original staging and all of the original designs. This would be practically, I think, the same thing that he did with the original production of Les Mis last year, where he got rid of the turntable and all the original stuff and replaced it with the uh, the the tour that has been going on in both the UK and the US for years. Uh, there were even rumors that Cameron was thinking about doing the same thing with the Broadway production and potentially transferring it to a smaller house because the Majestic is so big. However, on Monday, Andrew Lloyd Webber came out and threw whatever weight he has in this debate against the idea. In a tweet, he said, quote, please believe me, I'm doing everything in my power to ensure that when the, when the Phantom returns, it's at its brilliant original. Um, James, I mm. get that Cam Mack's job is to make money on his shows and that the original designs and stagings are more expensive than the new ones that he can get on the cheap. But this just rubs me as kind of scummy. I mean, we talked about it a little bit with the lame Miz one, but it's just like, come on, man, you've got enough money. Well, maybe it's not about money. Maybe it's about uh, giving uh, Phantom a bump in the box. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know what the box offices are like over in London, but I can't imagine that this a new staging would change that at all. Uh, I wonder. Uh, I wonder. But I, I, I agree with you. Certainly, Cam Mack is, uh, you know, he he does have four or six castles or something like that. <laughs> he probably it, it's not about. The, I, I hope it's not about the money. Uh, so. I, I don't know what else it would be about. I just I I think that it's it's really disappointing. Um, I've never seen the original staging of Les Mis. I've seen this tour staging you know, probably a half dozen times at this point. Um, I really was hoping to one day be able to save the original staging and now I can't. And it, it's disappointing that the show is still running, but it's not. So do you, uh, do you have a quick access to uh, historical grosses of Phantom on Broadway? Um, I can in 2020, at least um, the last, the, the last two weeks that they had were the, the weeks that ended on March 1st and March 8th. Those were in the 600s, but I imagine that that was at least partially due to yeah. tourism being down. Before then, they were almost always in um, the mid-7s to 8s with a number of weeks in, uh, in the millions. So as we go into 2019, I mean, it's a lot of dates in the millions still. Like, I would imagine that it probably... Mm -hmm averages in the millions i mean over the, the the week before between christmas and new year's last year it did over two million so I, I i just i can't imagine that this show uh is is hemorrhaging money to the point where they need to close down the london no. show to save money and you know and 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 not give money to hal prince's estate yeah no i i don't I don't think so. Whether you're paying Hal Princess Estate or paying somebody else, it would more or less be the same exact thing. Uh, you know, you're still paying somebody for that, those services. But what I'm wondering was, was that, was it 
<clears throat> was it on the trajectory down where they might get in jeopardy of a stop clause uh, or something like that, where it's not about the money right now for Phantom. It's about the keeping the record going and uh, having the longest running uh, productions in the world. I, I think the thing that would concern me most of anything is the fact that, as we've talked about before, things like and then I'm talking about Broadway, so I don't know if it necessarily exactly correlates to what's happening in London, but at least anecdotally for shows that have been around as long as Phantom and Chicago have been, their tourist group starts to become more and more um, foreign because most theater goers in the U.S. have seen that, have seen, seen it already. <laughs> so perhaps they are trying to combat the fact that international tourism is likely to be down for the foreseeable future. And they're trying to pinch some pennies or encourage theater fans to come see the new version that they haven't seen before. That that very well could be. I just it just rubs me the wrong way. Um, I, as I said, I'm always for them doing whatever they can to keep shows running. But I wish they would keep the originals running. But kind of going off of that, James, and I should have mentioned this at the top. I think that we're going with the delay that we're seeing um, that is probably going to be announced by the Broadway League at some point this week. I think that basically you can just take any show that you thought was coming to Broadway or going to be returning to Broadway and then just wipe it all clean and start by adding a few things back. Um, I think anything that has a major star in it, whether it has already opened or was playing on opening, will not happen. Um, even if it has a very big star and announced a year ago and was charging really large ticket prices and kicked another show out of its theater. Whose birthday was today? Um, I don't know whose birthday was today. Meryl Streep's birthday was today. <laughs> so it was, Jack no. Q-Man? Uh, was, it, was it his birthday today? Yes, it's his birthday was, today. It was uh, Meryl Streep and uh, Elizabeth Warren's birthday as well. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't think that that show has any chance of coming back when Broadway opens. It might in the future, but I think that we have to really reevaluate what our thoughts are because one, because of the schedules that a lot of stars will have, but also for the same reason of what tour rooms is going to be like, like there's, I, I just can't see someone like Scott Rudin charging the same amount of money that it would take to make a huge Jackman led production run when people are afraid to leave their homes. So I I think that you can see a lot of things changing. And as I've said before, I would imagine that we are going to be, I mean, probably, I don't know, less than 10 shows returning when Broadway opens. And that's going to be a free for all, but we'll see what happens. But all right. What do we have on the fourth coming up? All right. So in other news, PBS's 40th annual Capital Fourth will air as normal on July 4th at 8 p.m., but it will be done virtually as opposed to on the West Lawn of the Capitol in Washington, D.C. as normal. But as always, Broadway stars will be well represented in the festivities. John Stamos and Vanessa Williams will co-host the event. And amongst the performers will be Patti LaBelle, Renee Fleming, The Temptations, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Kelly O'Hara, Mandy Gonzalez and more. And finally, in this section, James, the recent Antonio-winning Daniel J. Watts's The Jam will have a special performance on BET Plus's Instagram, at BET Plus, uh, on Monday, June 29th at 7.30 p.m. In addition to Watts, Broadway faves included in The Jam, Love Terrorists, will be Derek Baskin, Ephraim Sykes, Titus Burgess, and more. Well, that's quite a feel-good list of people, isn't that? 
Yes, yes, James, it is. Go ahead. So do you have any feel-good recommendations? Um, the first one is going to be feel-good. Um, there's going to, you know, your mileage may vary, but... Um, <laughs> Apparently, over the weekend, the video was released with 333 former cast members from Cats. Um, They call themselves Cats in Quarantine. And as a tribute to the late Dame uh, Jillian Lynn, who was the choreographer of Cats, they did um, a dance to some of the iconic music from their homes. There are people from casts in London, New York, Toronto, Zurich, Vienna, Germany, all across the world. Um, And it included some familiar faces, including the great Ken Page. So uh, you can check that out. Again, mileage will vary in terms of how feel good uh, Cats is. But the one that I love the most, um, I watched uh, Seth Rudetsky's concert with Jesse Mueller. Uh, over the last couple of days, they'd always do a live airing on Sunday and then a repeat uh, on Monday. Um, and I, first off, like I should have known this and I shouldn't be surprised, but like I didn't really know what Jesse Mueller's personality was like. Like I've seen her in interviews, but like she doesn't do social media. She's not like super out there. She doesn't do a ton of stuff, but she is so funny and so silly and, and just kind of goofy. And I was very taken by her even more than I already was. Um, I have in the show notes, a link to a video of her singing on my own. And we all know like what an incredible voice she has and how versatile it is from belting stuff and singing rock stuff to, you know, legit soprano stuff. Um, but I, I referenced this to Broadway world's Alan Henry during the concert. I was like, she sounds so incredibly young singing this song it's uh really incredible and it's kind of funny because she like can't remember all the words so like seth rudesky has to like prompt her with some hand motions on things um and she also even talks in the middle of the song about how she's trying to channel Leia salanga um <laughs> and how open and wide um and youthful it sounds so it's a great great performance and uh it made me an even bigger jesse Mueller fan than i already was that is a feel-good recommendation i do my best I do my best. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. We still have days. And uh, I think that Matt and Ashley will be back tomorrow. I believe so as well. Excellent. 